Our scripture passage today is Matthew 6, 33. Now, a lot of you may notice, as Judy noticed this week when she said, Rob, you do realize this is only one verse. And yes, it is one verse. And I'm very excited about this verse and the verses to come because we are starting a series that we're going to be taking through the season of Lent that I've called Words of Life. And basically what this is, we're looking at these passages of Scripture that have been called life verses. Now, a life verse is a verse that you have picked out. It's usually your favorite verse, but it's one that speaks to you in a deep way what the, this, the content, the substance, and the heart of your faith is. It's one of those verses that you find and you look and you say, yes, that, that is what says what faith is to me. It could be a verse that sums up the faith to you. It could be a verse that uh, really speaks to the struggle you're in right now. Um, it could just be a verse that's always meant a lot to you and it's been dear to you. Um, you don't have to have a life verse. Uh, but this is something I want to encourage you to think about doing, is going through the Bible, finding that verse, that one verse that speaks to you more than any other. And, uh, and if for no other reason you should have a life verse, so whoever preaches your funeral one day can have something to start with. I'm telling you, it really does help. It really does help. When people say, oh, you know what mom's favorite verse was, or her life verse, and I'm like, oh, great, yes, now we got something to start with. And it grounds the whole sermon, your whole funeral. You'll appreciate it one day, I promise. <laughs> this verse today is my life verse. It's always been special to me. Matthew 6, 33. But before we read that, let us pause for a moment in prayer. Gracious and heavenly Father, the giver of all these good words of life that you have given to us in Holy Scripture. Father, as we come to your word today, we ask that your spirit be with us and move us and inspire us, Lord, to uh, give us the enlightenment that you can give, only you can give, Lord, to illuminate our hearts and minds and understanding. Father, bless this holy reading of your holy word, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This is Matthew 6, 33. Listen now to the word of the Lord. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Have you ever um, done those questionnaires or these activities or quiz that's supposed to tell you what it is you really value in life? Usually they're, they're brought to you in the form of just one single question. You answer this question and it will tell you what it is you really value in life. Let me give you an example. There's one that said that asked you this, if your house was on fire, right, and you had to run in and you could only grab one thing in your house, what would it be? And what you would grab in that, in your, out of that house is supposed to reveal to you what it is you really value in life. Now, I've never liked this question because obviously you're going to grab the people. And if the people are already out, you're going to grab the other living things in your house. And then all you have left after that is just stuff. 
whether it's your TV or your computer or your money or your books or whatever it is, it's still just stuff. So I don't, I don't really know how well this reveals our values. Now, there's another question that was pretty good. It says, look at your bank statement. Look at your bank statement and see what it is you spend money on the most, and that reveals what it is you truly value. Now, I don't really like that one either. Okay, because if you look at my bank statement, you're going to see a lot of food being bought. And you're going to think that we're just the biggest gluttons in the world and that all we do is just eat all day long because so much food is being bought and there's so many charges for grocery stores and stuff on our, on our, on our, our statement. But I'm going to be honest with you, I've got six people in the house. I've got four kids. And the boys, they eat a lot. I mean, they eat so much food. And I don't really want to buy all that food. I don't like buying all that food, but I have to. So I don't like that question about the bank statement. Another one is, what do you do with your free time? What do you ever you do with your free time? That will show what your values are. All right, I don't like that one either. All right, I don't like that one because I know you might be like me. Most of us, when you get free time, you're just tired. You know, you've done all these other things you've had to do. You've fulfilled all your obligations. And, and when I get to that free time, I don't want to do anything. I just want to sit and to get as close as I can to a vegetative state for as long as I can. Just like that. That's what I want to do. But I don't value that. That's just, again, out of necessity. However, I did hear a good question that I think will reveal what your values are in life. What is it that you make time for? What are those things in life that you will make time for when you don't have time for it, but you make time for it anyway? You'll push other things aside, even obligations, you'll push them aside or you'll delay them in order that you can do this thing. What is it that you make a sacrifice for? The thing that you value so much that you will sacrifice other areas of your life to do that. Take a minute. Think about it. Think about it right now. What is it that you make time for in your life? What will you sacrifice other things for in your life? What is it you seek after more than anything else? Now what Jesus told us to do is that we should value and seek after first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first, value first above all things the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This is what we should value more than anything else. This is what we should value above anything else. This is what we should sacrifice for. We should make our time for. This is what should command our first and most urgent attention. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, of course, a lot of you are going to ask, okay, okay, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. How exactly do I seek the kingdom of God? Now, if I ask you normally to seek after something, it means to go find it. You know, go seek after where your car is parked. You know, you're going to wander around the parking lot, find your car, go seek after that sweater or your lost car keys. That means you're going to go physically walk around and look for something. If you're going to seek after a kingdom the same way, you're going to start pulling out maps, trying to find the kingdom is. 
talk to other people who may have been there have heard about it and you're going to go out on a quest go out on a search to try to find this thing that you're supposed to seek after and if it's a kingdom it'll it'll be this place that it'll be like looking for like el dorado you know you're going to hack through the jungle and finally find it there it is the kingdom i found it everybody follow me it's the kingdom of god but the kingdom of god didn't didn't like that the kingdom of God isn't a place that you can go seek after and find and discover like you would find uh, another country or you would find a lost set of keys or look for the fabled city of El Dorado. In Luke 17, 20, this is what Jesus says about the kingdom of God. He says, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will people say, look, here it is, or look, over there, there it is. Because the kingdom of God is not, it's not a place like that. And when he was being questioned by Pilate, Jesus said, quite bluntly, my kingdom is not of this world. So if this kingdom is not a place where you can say, look, here it is, or look, there it is, or if it's not of this world, how do we seek after the kingdom of God? Well, to understand what the kingdom of God is, you understand that the kingdom is not a place the kingdom is a reign. It's not like any other kingdom where it's got a geographical boundary where as soon as you, you step over a line, now you're, you've left one kingdom and now you're in another. The kingdom of God is the reign of God. It's the reign of Christ. And he's not concerned about territory or earth or boundaries. What God's concerned about is people. About reigning not in an area but reigning in a heart. So the kingdom of God is actually not a place. You could actually say the kingdom of God is a people. That is what the kingdom of God is. It's the people in whom Jesus Christ reigns as king. And that is the kingdom of God. Again, from uh, Luke, when Jesus said the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. People won't say, look, here it is, or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is is within you the kingdom of God is within you which means you are the kingdom of God I am the kingdom of God the kingdom of God is something that 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 reigns in us as God's reign is Christ's reign in our life and it goes with us wherever we go if I walk over here the kingdom of God comes with me if I go here, the kingdom of God comes with me. If I, if I travel over to get coffee, the kingdom of God goes with me to Starbucks. If I go to China or to Japan or to South America, wherever I go, the kingdom of God goes with me. The kingdom of God is on the plane with me. He's on the hotel with me. He walks down the street with me. The kingdom of God is with me when I go down to sleep at night. And the kingdom of God is surrounding you right now. Wherever you go, you take the kingdom with you. And right now, you are surrounded by the kingdom of God. And that is so great about being in church. As you go out into the world, you don't know what you're surrounded by. The kingdom of God goes with you. But also, you're surrounded by a kingdom that's not of God. And it just pushes and it assaults. And it eats away at those boundaries. But here, here, you are surrounded by the kingdom of God. The other people that are around you, bringing the kingdom of God with you as well. So how do we seek after it then? Why does Jesus say, seek after the kingdom of God? Seek first the kingdom of God. If the kingdom of God is already in me, 
and the kingdom of God goes with me wherever I go. Well, see, there's this, there's a quality to the kingdom of God. It's kind of a strange kingdom. It's unlike any other because not only does it have no geographical territory, it's also in a state of becoming right now. When Jesus talked to the kingdom, he would say the kingdom of God is at hand or the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is in this state where it is here, it's arrived, but it's not all the way here. It is at hand, yet it is drawing near. It is near to us, yet it is drawing even closer to us at the same time. I know it's kind of a confusing to think about it like that, but, but think about it like a, um, like a baby in the womb of his mother. You've got this child growing in the womb of his mother. And, and this, this child is alive, okay? You've got cells multiplying. You've got limbs growing. You've got organs developing. The child is alive, right? And also, if you were to look at his genes and, and do a gene sequence, you would find out that the child is fully human too. But at the same time, this child's not ready to be born into the world yet. He's alive, he's human, but his stomach's not ready to digest food, his lungs aren't ready to breathe air, so he's, he's here, but he's not here yet. Or, or think of a cake that's in an oven. Right, once you mix the batter, it's no longer flour and eggs and sugar, now it's cake batter, and it is fully cake batter, but if it's still in the oven, it's not ready to eat yet. It's cake, but it's not fully the cake yet, not ready to eat. So the kingdom of God is in you, it's fully in you, but it's not fully ready to be the real kingdom of God yet. We're in this in-between time. This kingdom is in you, it's in me, and it's waiting to be fulfilled, it's growing to be fulfilled. It's advancing, it's expanding, it's growing stronger with every heart and with every soul that takes the kingdom upon itself. See, we have to remember there's another kingdom at work as well. The kingdom of God is not the only other kingdom out there. There's also the kingdom of the world. Or you might know it also as the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of sin, the kingdom of evil, the kingdom of hate, the kingdom of spite, the kingdom of guilt. And that kingdom is not just out in the world there, and it's at war with the kingdom of God. That kingdom's inside too. The kingdom of God reigns in you. The kingdom of God is in you, but we also carry the kingdom of the world in us as well. As sinners, as broken people, as imperfect creatures, we are also of the kingdom of this world. The kingdom is here, but it is not yet fully here. So the command Jesus gives us, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Find the reign of Christ in you. Seek the reign of Christ within you. And the first, that means submit to the reign and rule of Jesus. And that's what you did, all of you, when you accepted Christ as your Savior. Because you didn't accept just Christ as your Savior, you accepted him as your Lord. You accepted him as your king, which means, Jesus, now you reign over my heart. 
Jesus, now you reign over my life. You are my king, and I am your slave. And when that happened, the kingdom of God filled you. But the kingdom of the world still wars within us, and it still wars in our souls. So after that, we have to seek every day to make that reign complete. We have to seek and work every day so the reign of Christ, so the reign of the righteousness of God grows stronger and stronger in us, and the kingdom of the world goes weaker and weaker. And we need to seek that kingdom until the reign is full and complete. Until the world no longer reigns in you, until darkness no longer reigns in you, until there is no more sin in your life. And I know that's a hard standard. Actually, Jesus told us it was an impossible standard. But it's the one he sets before us. It's one that true might not be fulfilled while we stand on this side of paradise. It might not be fulfilled until Christ comes again and he brings that kingdom to its final and full completion. But that is the standard he has set for us. That we seek the kingdom of God until there is only one king and only one kingdom that reigns in our heart. It's like they said in Highlander. There can only be one. And it's not done. And you are not complete until there is only one king in your life. And one kingdom that you are part of. And it's not just in us that we seek to this reign of Christ. We seek it in others to go proclaim the gospel. Proclaim the good news. That's where we advance and we spread and we seed the kingdom of God in others. We seek this first. Above all things, the will of God, the reign of God, the righteousness of God first. That means before we do or seek anything else, more than we do or seek anything else, we make this that number one priority in our life before we seek out after entertainment or leisure, we seek the will and reign of God. Before we seek out that nice vacation or our kids' baseball or our fitness goals, we make this kingdom of God a priority first. And this priority comes even before the necessities of life. We worry more, we should be concerned and worry more about the reign of God in our life than we worry about food or we worry about clothes or how we're going to pay our mortgage or how well our retirement's going to go. Above and beyond these things and before things, we should seek the will and the reign of Jesus. And I know what some of y'all are asking right now. You're thinking, when am I going to have time to do this? I don't have any time. I know you don't. Nobody has any time. We're all too busy. This is something you have to make time for. Something you have to sacrifice for. Seek first God's kingdom. This can't be an afterthought. This has got to be the priority of life. You can't seek the kingdom of God after you've done everything else. And if you've got a little bit of time left over, then you seek the kingdom of God. 
It's not one of those things where you can say, well, okay, I'll go work, and then I've got to wash the clothes. After I wash the clothes, I've got to clean the house. After that, then I've got to fix dinner. After I fix dinner, I've got to pick the kids up. After I pick the kids up, then I've got to take them to practice. And after that's all done, I've got to wash the dishes. And then once all of that is complete, I might have a little bit of time for myself. I need some time for myself to watch TV or to talk to my friends on Facebook or to play some video games or something like that. And, you know, after all of that's done, if I have a little bit left over, then maybe I can seek after the kingdom of God. You know what? Everything goes perfect in my week. It goes all like it's supposed to. Everything is in order. I feel real good about it, and I'm feeling okay, and I got enough energy. Maybe I might make it to church so I can seek after the kingdom of God for an hour. But don't ask me to serve on a committee. Don't ask me to be on a team here at church. I don't have time for that either. I'm sorry, was that a little mean? Was that, was that mean? I'm sorry. No, actually, I'm not sorry. I, don't, I'm, I can't be sorry because these aren't my words. I can't be sorry for those words because they're not mine. They're Jesus' words. It's what he told you and it's what he told me to do. Seek first the kingdom of God. God doesn't get your leftover time. He doesn't get your time when you've done everything else and you might have a little bit over. God doesn't get the dregs of your life. He's your king. He is your king, and that means he gets the first fruits of your life. Your time, your effort, your money, everything. He gets first. You know, I think worry keeps us back just as much as time to be honest i think worry does keep us back i think we worry that if we seek first the kingdom of god and we and we and we take time and we spend it on that then we're not going to spend enough time on these other priorities that we need to survive and we're worried that we'll we'll sacrifice maybe a little bit too much and our life will hurt in ways that we don't want our life to hurt right now but that's why this command comes with a promise. He doesn't tell you just to seek the kingdom of God. He promises you something. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and, and all these things will be added unto you. All these things will be added unto you. What does he mean by all these things? It's all these things that we worry about. Go pick up Matthew 6. Read it a little bit. He tells you all these things that we worry about. What you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, how you're going to pay your bills. It says all these things will be added to you. Jesus said, your, your father knows you need them. He knows this. He knows you've got to have food. He knows you've got to have clothing. He knows that you have got bills to pay. Your father knows this. He knows that these are priorities in life. But what he's asking you to do is seek this first. Make this your first priority in life. And all these other things that you need, he's going to take care of too. So how do we seek after the kingdom of God? You make his reign the priority of your life. And maybe it means going to bed a little earlier so you can wake up earlier and get into the word before your day starts. Maybe it means getting rid of TikTok or Facebook, or Netflix, 
So you've got more time to serve on a team at church. Maybe it means working less so you can make more time to study your Bible. Maybe it means giving up a vacation so you can go on a mission trip instead. Maybe it means giving up those season tickets or travel ball so you can be in church every Sunday. I can't tell you how to do it. That's between you and God, how it actually works out in your life. What I have to tell you is to seek first the kingdom of God. Is to seek first for the kingdom to grow in your heart and the heart of others. And to have that priority that leads your life. That's what I have to tell you. But what I can also tell you is his promise. But all these things we worry about, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where will you live, how will you get through retirement one day, seek first his kingdom, seek first his will, everything that you need will be added to you as well. To God be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.